Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Arnas, Sayadar, and Sayadin. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. All right, what's up, Jin? This is Steven, your host with Phantology Podcast with my lifelong friend, Ben. And we are talking about Alex Varis' books 10 and 11. So the third to last and penultimate entries in the series. We have not yet read book 12, Risen. So no spoilers to that point. It's not even possible for us. We are unable. We, well, we can still spoil it, but it will be... Unin- speculation like, Speculation only. spoiler. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we're talking about Fallen and Forged. And I think this is, I've seen some fans on the internet say this lot, these last three are kind of like a trilogy of sorts to end out the series. And so far, I am really into it. Like, I'm, these books go darker, a lot darker. Yeah. And I'm kind of there for that. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think that if there is one weakness of these final two, it's that they do feel like they're just shooting really hard for the end game, right? Like they like there's no real reason for them to end where they do or besides the fact that there needs to be an ending for for there to be three bucks. Hmm. So I I if like I you don't you don't buy the build up in the previous books to get to this point, or what do you mean? No, no, I do I think that all the other books had like a specific end where it's like, oh Alex got the you know, like rescued this person from this situation or he usually, usually Anne is the one he's yeah, usually Anne or himself. You know, <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, once he defeats the, whatever dark foe is going after him, whether it be the, the night walkers or night stalkers or whoever that group was or the night stalkers. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, what's the one group that uh, like thrives on information and like child sex type thing. Oh, the white rose. Yeah, White Rose. Yeah, sure he white, takes down the White, white Rose. Rose. Yeah. yeah, like every every book, there's a specific place for it to end. But with these three, it's just okay. Like, let's um, get ready for the showdown for the last book. I feel like. Yeah, I I guess yeah. From I mean, Forge had an ending. Here. Forge had an ending. I should say where he he gets the fate. Uh, I guess. Wait, are we gonna? Well, yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying. Where all of them are pointing at the ending of the series rather than the ending of the book. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Like they just kind of seamlessly tie together. Yeah. I should say if I had to be waiting like for a year or two between these books, it would be tough because I would be like, come on, just give me the ending. You know what I mean? I don't really care Mm -hmm. that Alex got this new tool to use. I just want to see how he's going to use it. That just needs to move on to the end game. Okay. And there's really no time gap, at least between books 10 and 11. And I doubt there's going to be a time gap at all between 11 and 12. So that's a little bit different from previous books where sometimes it's a few months in between. Yeah. And I think it's because yeah. he's finished his mission that he needed to do that book. And so now his life's going to go back to normal yeah. for a little yeah, bit. Yeah. 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 Whereas this, it's just, I don't know, the, even, you know, a, a specific part on, on Forged, he like, there's like just a, to- uh, a clock on his life now, right? Like he, mm-hmm. 
he knows that he only has a certain amount of time left. And so as a reader, yeah. we're, you know, we're left in some suspense. I think we're good at this point in the series. Like if people are listening, they know the story. So we can talk about spoilers. Okay, sounds good. Like, yeah, we're, we're getting into the books, listeners, if you didn't expect that. Uh, before we do, we'll do a quick ad break here and then get rolling full blast. Okay, so interestingly, before you, I guess before you get back into the forged comet, well, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the the Fate Weaver knocking right. down his, yeah, he doesn't have much time left. But back to what you're talking about with the, the ending trilogy, interestingly, the uh, Dresden Files are planning on ending in a similar way with like a apocalypse trilogy and it's probably gonna have a pretty similar feel it's my guess yeah i guess see that well i guess that's been said for dresden that makes me nervous for dresden with the rate of the books coming yeah, out with with how long it's been taking lately like to have it and no shade because at least you're... you know at least butcher is he's continuing to put stuff out so there's yeah, no yeah, shade yeah. but i would have a hard time even just waiting for a year between these books would be yeah. hard yeah lately dresden has been well, I mean, he published uh, those the last two Battleground and Peace Talks in 2020, 2019? I think it's it was been, 2019. I don't know. I think it was before COVID. Yeah. So it's been like three or four years now. Dang, time flies. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he is publishing the second Olympian Affair, I think is the series. Yeah. The sequel to... Yeah, I haven't read those. But anyway, um, back to Alex Ferris. So should we just... Do you have any more overall thoughts or or just go into the books? So I think my overall thoughts is at least at least these titles are meaning something now, right? Fallen, I feel like captured that book so well, where Alex just hits rock bottom and then like scrapes himself back up and okay. kind of loses his moral center while doing it sure. a little bit. And then sure. I, I think that Forged obviously is Alex just making himself as OP as possible to face the looming threats while still not having a very good moral compass. Let's just say Arachne was a very good influence on, on Alex. Yeah. 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 Going back to our previous conversation about how the, the one word titles were not very informative for. Yeah. These were, answers. these were. Yeah. I, can, I Yeah. I see a little more meaning in these ones, a little, little more on the nose. Yeah. yeah. Arachne, I guess we, let's just go into the books now. So, I think at the beginning of Fallen, like there's some kind of setup stuff, but the beginning's a little slow. And then we go into the big showdown at Arachne's Lair, which kicks off the events that have not stopped since then through a book and a half, maybe a book and three quarters. Yeah, but Arachne leaving was sad, but also like I'm glad she didn't die. Um that yeah. would have been that would have been more sad. It is sad to think that she's not gonna show again. But I do wonder if there's going to be some like final connection somehow in the last book. There's got to be, right? I think so. I yeah, there's got to be. Even if I don't know, I maybe Alex travels through time or something and joins Arachne somehow. He like mm. he you know uses his fate weaver plus divination powers to travel so far down a specific path that he ends up connecting with her. Uh, that could be uh, cool. Interesting. Interesting. Or like a Captain America thing where he's super old and Arachne shows up at the end. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be oh, weird. Gosh. I hope, that, I hope that's weird. not what happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, okay, so going back to that, I mean, you said Arachne leaves. That's a charitable way of putting it. She is rescued by her benefactor 
under the mountain. Yeah. 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 Cool scene. Yeah. Very cool scene. And it kind of gives you kind of a hint that there's magical powers that's beyond us. And I think that that's actually a really cool theme of the book is mm-hmm. that however, however much power you think that our characters have, there's always some deeper well of magic that nobody's really tapping into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about the fact that it's what's her, uh, that it's, Oh gosh, what's her name that, uh, that ends up piecing it all together that she's traveled through time. No, no, no. that, uh, that, um, it was actually Alex and Anne that, that broke Morden out of jail. Oh, what's oh, her name? Caldera. The, Caldera. Caldera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's the one that kind of pieces it all together. I'm super glad that Caldera is back in a big way for these books. Cause that was one of my complaints in the mm-hmm. past is that awesome characters like Caldera are sidelined. And I'm glad that's not happening. And her parts in these books were, were really good. Yeah. And it's just crazy how she comes in and just totally owns Alex. Totally. You know, even Anne, who we thought, we thought that Anne was the super dangerous presence and Caldera's just like suffocates her in the earth, like pretty like one yeah. knockout type situation. I mean, this is, this is pre gen and well, still. Yeah, sure. Not pre gen, but pre bonded. Well, pre and yeah. Pre dark yeah. and gen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But still, I mean, people still were afraid of Anne, you know, and as, mm. as a reader, we're, we think that Anne is still capable of defending herself pretty well you know yeah suffocating in the earth was uh very effective yeah. against an opponent that is uh, and i guess strong at close range yeah alex didn't really plan that out well with uh, running into the earth when he's fighting an earth mage so yeah i was a little frustrated with alex here like i know he loves arachne and arachne being surrounded but i feel like you gotta run like and kind of trust that the magical creature that's telling you to run knows what she's saying as, mm-hmm. I, I feel like maybe if he just left a little bit sooner, maybe would have yeah. escaped. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, the, it definitely needed to happen for the plot to go the way it did. So I'm not, and it wasn't super contrived. Obviously, yeah. Caldera yeah. was the person that should have figured it out because she knew, like, could sense something was a little bit off with the story. So I, I don't have much. I, I really like that twist. I like that. Well, no, I like the, I like the whole Caldera, Caldera. involvement. Yeah. I, I was just frustrated by the way that Alex played it during all that, but it probably happened really fast though. So. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, so, come on. These are moments where it's like, Alex, you know, you're um, a diviner. Shouldn't you be able to kind of see what's going to happen and know you need to yeah. run away. But I know during the battle, it's really hard because there's so much going on. He, he has a hard time seeing the future still. I don't so what do you think about the fact that Alex has never, and it doesn't look like certainly he's going to ever repair his relationships with like Caldera and with Sonder. Yeah, I don't think he is. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think he is either. But I mean, it, it's just so hard. You know, it's one of those things where no, but you have a sense that nobody's really in the wrong, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, yeah, which that, I think is is a really good thing. Yeah, exactly. No, like I think it's have going for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you can kind of be rooting for multiple factions at the same time, right? But especially when Al- you do see Alex kind of going off the deep end and you're like, okay, now I could really see why, you know, mm-hmm. they would want to rein him in a little bit. No. Yeah. We have a lot of really good multifaceted characters at this point in the series and we can see what's going on from each of their perspectives. And they're all sympathetic in different ways and frustrating in different ways. And you love them and you hate them. Like it's, that's really well done. Yeah. I would say that's true for a lot of the characters. There's still some evil 
mustache twirling villains that yeah you know on yeah. the light council and stuff that that still could have been flushed out a little bit more for the amount of effort that alex goes to to bring him down but yeah for uh, sure. but yeah okay i think a little move... more characterization for sure for like sal sakwe yeah. and lavistas for Levistas, as much as they're yeah. As much as they're around, I feel like I don't really know much about them as people, yeah, which is similar complaint yeah. as last book. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. Be- before I move on from the from the Rackney scene, what do you think is the dress that she made, Anne? Because Yeah. I feel like there's some something with that dress that's gonna be really important in the last book. Yeah, I feel like it could be a way for like Dark Anne and Anne to kind of coexist yeah. or something. Like Yeah, for sure. And maybe that is Arachne's kind of parting shot that ties up her whole relationship with Alex and Anne and everyone. I feel like that dress has got, it's important. Okay. Phantology guarantee. The dress is important. Somehow. Guaranteed. guaranteed. For sure. Guaranteed. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think we can kind of move on from the, you know, crap. It's the fan scene. Well, I mean, that scene continues on because Alex is what well, Alex is captured and then he goes from there into custody of the dark mages. Does that happen directly right after each other? Well, no, no. So yeah, I think they kind of capture him and then yeah, Richard rescues him. And then yeah, he's then yeah, you have you you have basically oh, right, Alex right, right. breaks Anne, right? Yeah. Where Yeah, yeah. Crystal Crystal mind controls mind, him. And, yeah. Yeah. That part was really heartbreaking and frustrating. I know. I know. It was a solid chance that I'd, I, for a second, I mean, I know that we were listening to this from Alex's perspective, but there was a, ch- a solid chance that Alex wasn't going to get out of there alive. Yeah. Is he going to like survive the end? I don't, I'm not even no, sure. I, I don't think so. I think, I, I think that the series is told to tell about Alex. You think he's going out in a blaze of glory at the end or blaze of evil or whatever you want to call it? I think blaze of glory. He just takes out Richard and they fall into the gin portal together and maybe yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe I don't know. I'm kind of I, I would need to think through my thoughts more to give a coherent response. But I certainly hope do you think that this is gonna be some narrative device where we find out that we're reading through his journals or something? No. No, I don't think so. I you mean don't think so? maybe that could be feels like at this point that would be tough for me to buy into. Like after yeah. after twelve books to just have that sprung on me, I don't know if I uh, like that. Yeah, yeah, I know I don't think so either. But okay, so back, yeah. back on track a little bit. Sorry, that was a well. I mean, I we we can talk more about uh, I guess a little bit what we think is going to happen at the end. I feel like my prediction. I think Alex will survive, but I don't think it's going to be a happy ending. Maybe he'll repair some relationships, but some things will. You know, he'll realize that he went too far in a lot of ways and he's got to deal with the consequences in whatever type of life he has remaining. But I, I think he survives somehow. I don't know how, but I think somehow he does. Okay. That's okay. I, I don't know. I think that I think he's going to die, but I think he's going to die saving his friends and that he'll be remembered finally for that. I think he'll die rescuing Anne, that Anne will, will defeat Richard and that yeah, his friends will honor his memory somehow. I would be fine with that. Yeah. I could see it. Yeah, I could see it ending either way or maybe in a different way. I don't know. At this point, honestly, it's kind of wide open. Yeah, it is. It's it's either, it's going to be melodramatic though or like, maybe not melodramatic, but it's going to be. 
thematically bitter, powerful. B- bittersweet, b- bittersweet ending. Yeah, whatever it is. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. This is not going to be a happy ending. Which is kind of weird because the first few bu- books do give you kind of like a I don't know, kind of a yeah. cozier vibe, you know, kind of like a hero down on his luck, but he's really a good guy at heart, and yeah, but yeah, it's definitely gotten a lot darker at the end here, which I'm fine with. I mean, I think it makes for a good story, but it is a little bit different. Like, there's been a tonal shift yeah. over the course of the series. And really fast, let's talk about, for me, I feel like the tonal shift happened in two scenes. The first scene was the the scene we just talked about where Crystal controls him and he, you know, abuses Anne until she breaks, right? That was a pretty gut-wrenching scene. And then I think mm-hmm. the other scene that was crazy was when he gets out of, he gets the fate, fate weaver, comes, like, first of all, just, like, kills the guy that's thousands of years old, then comes yeah. back from uh, elsewhere and just totally slaughters like a room full of people. That was yeah. crazy. And there were just a lot of pretty sick, like set action pieces in these two books. Yeah. And that was one of them. Yeah. That was one that was like, you know, the the heyday of the Marvel Netflix team up where you had like oh, Daredevil yeah. and like that Terminator. was totally Daredevil. Yeah. That, yeah. That was totally one of those scenes where he just like goes through a hallway just like beating people up or whatever. Or not term Punisher. Punisher. Yeah, sorry, Punisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I don't know. Was, but there's so many of those scenes in those in those movies. And yeah, that's yeah. for sure a, a one shot action scene or a one take. A one take action scene. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the term? One I, I feel like it is. Yeah. Like a lot of those scenes from The Witcher where it's just continuous the whole time as he fights like 20 guys in a row. Yeah. 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 So it was crazy, but and at the end he just executes one of the people that was kind of just crawling away from him or something you know and at that point you're like okay alex yeah he, you know he's turned to leave or he's you know he's yeah no going back from this and i feel like there's there's a lot of kind of re- small reflective times on what's going on and as a reader you get the sense that this is you at the it's like the reader gets a sense that this is a lot worse than alex realizes it is and the reason why is Alex is just so caught up in the heat of it that he doesn't even have time to like process how badly things are going and how far like gone he is. I, yeah. I think there's even like a, a small passage where someone's talking about how battle mages or keepers or whatever, like when they're d- during the heyday of all their fighting, they're like, oh, this is no problem. Then once they retire, yeah. they're like, I'm super messed up. Yeah, I think that was what's his name's mentor, uh, Varys' mentor. Uh, oh, Landis, maybe Landis. Yeah, that seems like a yeah. Landis thing to say. It does. And Landis, when Landis comes to him at the end of Forged, and is like rattling off, like here's the people you killed, and here's uh-huh. what their lives are like. Like that was that. Yeah. that scene hit deep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Alex is like, "Stop talking to me about this." Yeah, and he kind of just wants to close his ears. Yeah, so he's just suppressing all of this. And I feel like a big part of it, like for for me, a big reason why this works is because he has this fatalistic doom device placed on him and he doesn't think he's going to survive. So he's just like, screw it. I'm going after all these people who have messed with me and I'm going to leave a world that has a chance to repair itself after I go. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know, because I could see that. But at the same time, it's very personal what he's doing, right? He's just a at first just wants a ceasefire with the council. Like, you know, you guys mm-hmm. do you just as long as you're not coming out after me, I'm, I won't have any beef with you. And so that's not really 
I want to make the world a better place. That's just, I want to survive this. I'm willing to, you know, and in that, so in that aspect, he has been kind of acting like a, uh, like a cornered wolf or something, you know, where he's just, yeah. Yeah. You send people at me, like, you know, he started playing a little bit of offense now where he's, he's not just going to sit there and take it. Right. I don't know, but it, it definitely turned a corner when him and, and just walked up to Levistus's house and we're killing like the, the hired or like the maids or whatever that was. Yeah. And I think that was probably more Anne than him, but he definitely set it up. So, that Oh happened. yeah. No. Yeah. Alex is not shy at all about putting, you know, taking out anyone who happens to be in the line of fire. Yeah. And it's not like this is a total surprise. Like we've seen this in this past. We saw it with the night stalkers. Yeah. I feel like there was one other time earlier in the series where he splashed some really dark tendencies. So I, I think it's been built up well. And then everything here at the end has pushed him over the top. Yeah. So what did you think about kind of fast forwarding to the end with Sasaki's showdown with like between him, like we had uh-huh. uh, Meredith from way back in like book two or whatever. Yeah. Brings and, her back from Argentina. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. He's just like, you're coming with me. You know, puts like a death bracelet on her or what? You know, uh-huh. like you're coming with me. So it's like all the all these, like you said, set pieces. He just like hops over Caldera. You know, just like explodes the ground underneath there. I don't know. And then especially with like, what do you think about his plan with Rachel and how he can't figure it out? The magic type of Richard and stuff. Yeah, I mean, Richard's magic type is not totally confirmed. Would oh, you, you say it's so? total, would would you say it's totally confirmed? I would I say like it's totally it's, confirmed. Yeah, it, it totally is. It's him. He's a diviner with a gin. It like, but do we, what level, to what level does the reader know that? Like Alex, Alex believes it. Do we well, know for I, sure? I feel Have like we the seen fact that, that for sure? I feel like the fact that he was able to use Delio's unpredictability in order to true, fool Richard's true. magic. Yeah. Because Delio was the one person that he couldn't predict. And so they're true. like, i.e. it must be one person that he that richard couldn't predict i mean i guess i'm just not completely sure because i was expecting a twist because for as long as the mystery of richard's magic type has been something that alex has wondered about alex has kind of thought that this is the case and so as the reader you're like clued in to think that that's true so i was expecting some kind of twist i mean I, yeah it, it makes sense and i'm i'm fine with it but i i'm just like trained to be suspicious when it's when there's I no know. twist <laughs> but the the thing is though is like what would they twist to right i feel like the twist was yeah i don't that, know i don't uh, know the twist that yeah. he had a gin was good and that rachel had a gin yeah yeah that uh, yeah that those are both good twists and the fact that i mean we've been wondering okay richard went into this other world like we've been wondering about this for several books what is it that happened in the other so he just realm? the fact like, that, yeah he just got a gin from the other realm that's that's all we know basically yeah, yeah that's yeah but it's surprising to me that he wanted the Dreamstone just to pair a gin with Aaron, because I'm not sure. I mean, if he already had two gins that he was able to at least exercise some type of control over. I mean, what's what's so? I mean, well, it's just I mean, it went really more powerful. It went it went really badly with Rachel. Like that was not a successful gin bonding from Richard's perspective. Yeah, but that's not because of the gin, right? That was more. Uh, yeah, probably not. Probably not. That was because he created a psychopath. And, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess that's why he wanted either Alex or Anne, right? But yeah. and, and Anne's gin is the supposed to be the most powerful, like powerful. king of the 
king of the jinn basically yeah which I, I honestly it seems a little surprising that richard wouldn't have taken that one for himself like a la jafar from aladdin right like yeah you would, you would well, expect the evil dude to be like i can control the most power right? maybe he would have if he would have had the dominion dreamstone though mm. you know maybe he couldn't yeah like he wasn't sure of his ability to actually control that gin so he had to take up the lesser one and plus i mean we maybe the gin and the magic type is you know like his magic type is still somewhat limited in terms of the mm-hmm. mass carnage that he can create you know so versus could be comparing it with Anne is yeah a little bit, yeah you know more powerful of a weapon if he can control it yeah it does seem like there's a combination of the user magic and the gin magic at work here it's interesting it was it was cool how he was able to figure out a way to separate rachel from richard yeah i thought that that was that was nice that was a nice like fist pump moment yeah. i would say when the dreamstone broke and finally we see like richard is angry and surprised that something didn't work out for him that was mm-hmm. that was satisfying as a reader yeah okay and and then i kind of wish i i had some small hope that Anne would be able to come back a little bit from that but it didn't you know mm-hmm. once you once she was not being controlled yeah. as heavily by richard but this does not seem to be the case going into forged i feel like Anne's gonna break out of it somehow I don't, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm, yeah, the dress, right? That's like the only thing. Maybe I'm just hoping for a somewhat happy ending, even though I, I would not be satisfied with a totally happy ending, but I'm hoping for at least some reconciliation between Alex and friends, even yeah. if the rest of the world burns. But cool. how does Alex, how does Anne get out of it other than the dress, right? Like it can't be through the power of love anymore. Like that's been used once. Yeah. And at this point, she's like too far gone for that to work again. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I guess some more kind of things that uh, just about to kind of talk through Forge a little bit and we can kind of go quickly. I thought that maybe my worst of the best would be Jagadev's resolution, right? Where it was set up for so long. Do you want to do do the you want to do the worst of the best? Sure. We'll do worst of the best here. Okay. Okay. So we have some moments that we really liked, except for some small nitpicks. Kind of ironic since a lot of our podcast is just nitpicking <laughs> the whole time, but whatever. You're gonna you're gonna listen to this segment. And you're gonna like it. Gosh damn yeah. it! The worst of the best. With so many exemplary moments in this book, it's almost unfair to nitpick. But that's the segment. It's the pimple on the princess. The stain on the satin. And the terror before the triumph. The unfortunate portion of an otherwise stellar performance. Someone has to point it out. Okay, so Jagadev, I really enjoyed the fact that this was such a strong opening scene for Forge. Uh, It you know, gave us Alex showing off the fate weaver a little bit. Okay. Which yeah. is good. But the thing that annoyed me was that this was set up for so long to be this uh conflict kind of in the making with between Alex and Anne and Vera, uh-huh. where Alex is keeping this big secret that has the potential to like, you know, kind of like a soap opera plot line, yeah. right? It's it's just yeah. this big secret that everybody knows besides the two people that need to know. 
And it just seems like that was not a part of this, right? Like Barry was a little bit ticked, but right. Barry got over it and is already and so like, far gone with all the other things. So right. yeah, I don't know. It's not it's not possible for Anne to be more pissed off. So it doesn't even register right. for her. It's not, yeah. There's there's no it's like handing her a feather with a bag full of rocks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. I think that the conflict was good. I was looking forward to seeing a little bit more drama from it. And mm. it never appeared until very, we just got a blast yeah. Jagadev to, you know. This does seem like something that was kind of like at the beginning of the series, I think a lot of different conflict threads were set up. And this seems like one that kind of late in the series. I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm I'm speculating you know, maybe it was just harder to weave this one in with everything else. Yeah. And so we had to tie it, tie up some loose ends. And so the way we're going to do that is, is use it as like the exciting cold open to the book. Yep. Which I think it worked well for that. That's why it was the kind of worst of the best is I think that it was the best use of something that was going to be tricky for him to tie in. But I, yeah. I do wish that that would have been an element earlier on if, you know, I think that mm-hmm. it could have been mm-hmm. an element that drove a wedge between Alex and Anne, even that would have been a little bit more satisfying or maybe give very a chance to break away from Alex for a little bit before coming back to him or something, you know, something Just, like that. Yep. Yeah. A little bit more. Cause it was yeah. like, you know, it was a really cool plot element of Jagadev hunting down, you know, all these generations of people. Like there are a lot mm-hmm. of things I liked about that plot line and then it just kind of, resolve like this was a little bit yeah. a little bit lackluster yeah no i don't disagree with you I, I think that is totally valid um my worst of the best so in forged i think the strongest part of the book was just alex's descent into the dark side right like mm-hmm. this is this is some star wars stuff he he's just going down towards the dark side of the force the, the whole kids. time yeah 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 totally murdering the kids right literally and I think his the just like all of the screen time that Alex got alone to kind of become almost the villain. I don't know. You could argue that he's still not a villain because he's like doing things that like he yeah, he's fighting bad people. Right. He's not killing. He's not trying to kill good people. He's trying to kill. Yeah, bad he's not people. going up and kicking a dog. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think the the one bad thing that this creates in the book is Richard is sidelined like the whole book until the very end. And I just feel like we need Richard involved in the plot a little bit more to reinforce the fact that, like, I mean, for the whole series, we thought Richard is the big bad. And then in the second to last book, Richard's kind of gone. And obviously we know he's still a problem, but it seems like he's just less of a problem than we thought all of a sudden. So I agree with that. I think you could probably explain that by saying that Richard's not one to be hasty and when he just got a sidekick he, he kind of had some plans ruined and so it, it wouldn't be surprising yeah. if yeah. Yeah. he took a few days to a week to kind of lick his wounds and and plan for his next move meanwhile alex still has to deal with the council and 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 mm-hmm. all these other things so and i do think that you kind of see that at the end of forge when alex has that conversation with morden uh where morden you kind of see that there was this break between Morden and Richard and Morden basically said oh now it looks like Richard could lose right that's why I'm jumping ship Mm -hmm. and so I think that if you're looking at this from Richard from Richard's perspective it would be a little a little bit different of 
hey, I'm just going to take myself out for a week, kind of regroup. Yeah, I guess maybe what I'm saying is I'm disappointed because it seemed like Richard was the big bad who would have had plans A, B, and C that were all spectacularly evil, all laid out. And plan A was working great until it got screwed up. And then there was like nothing that there's no backup plan that he can pivot to immediately. Yeah. And now Rich, it's Richard coming to him at the end of Forge, right? Coming to him Mm -hmm. for an alliance that says to, right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. There's, there's no reason that he wouldn't have had, it kind of goes back to our conversation last episode where, uh, are we just to like assume that Morton was fine being held in a council prison? And your response mm. was basically, well, Richard's probably got 10 backup plans to get him out of there. Right. That's what I thought. Yeah. But maybe, maybe not, you know? Although Morton does directly address that question. I think, is it in this book or the one He does. Before? Yeah. He basically says yeah. the council like to keep chess pieces mm. for as long as possible type thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think there was any problem with the Morden sticking around in prison plot. And I don't think there's a problem with this plot either. Like, it, it is what happened. And it just reveals that Richard is maybe not as much of a big bad as we thought. But I think he's still time, a big bad because everybody else treats him like a big bad, too. It's just he might be a little bit more of an incompetent big bad than we maybe yeah, thought. Yeah, little, a little more vulnerable than we thought. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just used to the big bad being super bad and super evil until right at the end he's suddenly vulnerable and the hero takes that one moment to win right like mm, yeah that's kind of like the usual hero story but this is yeah but there's taking there's a often, turn from that so there's also a ton of things where it's like the big bad creates an unstoppable thing that they can't control any longer and now they have to sure go get you know that's not an uncommon yeah yeah either. yeah that's that's fair that's fair what's i'm trying to think of an example of that it I'm definitely happens to. yeah Oh gosh. If you're hard hard to think and uh podcast at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, listeners probably have a tons of ex- tons of examples, but yeah, I think that is a good point. I think it's more common in in uh cartoons because I can think of like a few PJ Masks episodes where that happens. A few what episodes? PJ Masks. I don't know, parents parents will know what I'm talking about. It's a it's uh, a new cartoon. Not a not a parent enough <laughs> to know. Okay, yeah. So I, I do like that worst of the best though. That's a good one that I hadn't really kind of put my finger on, but it is a little bit weird that he wouldn't have had a way to control Anne, even if he And I mean maybe that maybe that is just kind of the the weakness of a diviner because yeah. Richard is he, so sure that what he has planned for years and set up is going to happen and he did he was unable to like see past the volatile nature of the person that he was hoping would come through for him yeah or at least not even come through for him just hope that it wouldn't go crazy and blow everything up <laughs> yeah and she's blowing some stuff up yeah okay so what do you think about the the mission impossible plot line right where him and uh like the whole Alex, heist with yeah with cinder to get the artificial intelligence and mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, I thought that was pretty good. awesome. Yeah. Very, very yeah. cinematic. Yeah, especially the whole helicopter. Bit and I do thing. like the fact that, like, this far into the series, that we still are introduced to this new, interesting magical yeah. creature. I think magical yeah. creatures are probably my favorite part of of uh, of stuff like this. Yeah, like I, th- I think in urban fantasy in general, when you have the integration of magical creatures in with the real world, it just makes it seem a little more magical and fun. Yeah, for sure. And especially with November, 
it's like a it's pretty topical right now you know with uh, yeah so artificial intelligence has all the informations and bribing everyone and yeah Uh yeah so i i like november as a character i think he's pretty witty and maybe we know that alex has a soft spot and is a soft spot for magical creatures and a magical creature that doesn't really i think that november's starting to care for alex but is willing to just kind of mouth off to alex at times or maybe treat him uh, mm. just differently than other magical creatures have in the past i mean i think fun. i think november I, the vibe i got was this he she it november was just happy to be out of confinement and have very inter- interesting vibes, right sure yeah yeah just well yeah but also c-3po is a total scaredy cat about everything well yeah but i think that but november kind of is too november yeah november gives me c-3po vibes like you're doing what you know yeah yeah you can't do that you can't yeah yeah blast yourself into yeah okay i can see it Okay, okay i can see it yeah i like that comparison i feel like the vibe i'm getting from reading all these books and from uh getting like three quarters of the way through inheritance of magic and this should be no surprise because i think any fantasy author is like this but i think benedict jack is just a total nerd and is you know way deep into the internet and uh, yeah yeah like all the uh, references the, the references and deep cuts that he throws out every now and then are great yeah i like it okay yeah so you like that i liked it too i thought that the the fight of just freaking like fighting on the train fight fighting on the in the air fighting in the streets of london mm-hmm. like base jumping off of a you know skyscraper just all these things this is where alex Ferris is the best at where he's finding fun and unique ways to fight battles throughout london yeah you do think that yeah london would kind of have realized something like london's been through a lot yeah <laughs> london has been through a lot i and the deeper we get into the series the more cinematic it's got i really think it would make a great i don't know if a tv series would have a big enough budget to do it justice like i think it would i, I don't know man like i feel like it would need a budget like like something like citadel to no. do all the well yeah to to accomplish all the cool action scenes like i guess you don't have to put all of the action scenes into the adaptation but the thing is uh, i feel like there's i feel like they could spend all their budget on one scene and the rest of the scenes could just be they could find a way to make div- divination like pretty cool without being pricey yeah yeah but i mean obviously we i don't want them to spend all their budget on one scene and have the rest <laughs> of the series be crap not crap i i the the thing is a series like this could only be really strong if it if it relied on things other than the special effects it would need solid True. characters and solid writing yeah so. yeah it would be a fun series though i feel like we don't have it would be super fun what's the what would you say is the best urban fantasy adaptation to hit the screen? there just hasn't like, been much i mean firefly that's more that's not really urban fantasy i suppose that's more probably more sci-fi and I, don't, I don't think that's even more i don't think that's even an adaptation I think yeah i think that was original yeah i mean harry, you want to say harry dresden. potter <laughs> you no, you want to say dresden but i never even watched can, that i heard it can wasn't you even good. call it you know i didn't i didn't even watch the show it's basically think of like dresden was trying to be psych mm, yeah that's not the that's not the vibe we want it's not the vibe i don't know i don't know man Okay, what about this? Which would you rather have adapted, like in a good way? Would you rather have Alex Varius, Dresden, or Mistborn Era 2? Not Mistborn Era 2. (laughs) 
I, I just feel like Mistborn Era 1 is such a better choice for an adaptation. We're, we're and, talking about urban fantasy, okay? Well, I, I know, I know, but I don't know. I'm just trying to justify the fact that I don't really care to see Mistborn Era 2 come to screen. Okay. I, I just don't feel like a... I don't feel like a, an adaptation of Era 2 would be that great. I feel like it just it would be hard to capture the vibe in a good way. And I didn't really I didn't really love the vibe in the books. So I don't know if I'd like it at this show. Anyway, I wouldn't be excited for that one. Um, but between Dresden and Alex Ferris, I'm gonna have to go with Dresden just because there is a bigger variety of cool creatures and things mm, to see. You just want the hot vampires. I see how it is. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. It's probably the it's probably the, the, hot the large variety of the uh-huh. characters. <laughs> yeah, especially the hot vampires. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Okay, but on the other hand, London is London is a cooler setting than Chicago. Yeah, and, and you got like, the accents. Yeah, London, you know, right, right. And there's a lot of cool things you could do. I mean, I've been to London. I've been to Chicago. London. I'm sorry, people from Chicago. London is a cooler setting for an urban fantasy TV show. I'm coming out with all the hot takes or I'm not, you are. I'm not holding I don't back. Th- or no, I'm, I don't think sorry. very many people would disagree that London is a cooler city than Chicago. I think you're pretty safe in that take. Except for all the people who live in Chicago. <laughs> no, I think people that live in Chicago would still probably agree with you. Come on. I live in Vegas. Yeah. I don't have no problem saying that London is a cooler city than Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you have recognized that. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about the books again. So, Real quickly, because we're low on time. Anything else in Forge? I think we should touch on Rachel slash Delio dying. Yeah, man, that was dark. I didn't really understand the symbolism behind the mirror, you know. Well, I think she was just like confronting her crazy side. Jeez, that was a creepy scene. It was. I was not sad to see her go. Yeah. Like, I was, well, this is I, how know, you I'm know just... we're getting into the end game, right? Is when he yeah. just starts like executing these. Yeah offing all these characters who have been pretty pretty major yeah yeah i think at this point through 12 books i'm just a little tired of rachel's shtick where she's crazy and wants to kill alex and has never well, think, really de- deviated from that ever yeah and i think that he i think jacka knew he did really he did really well in kind of making it like an, an inevitable situation that this was leading to mm-hmm. right where finally Alex was kind of told Onyx Cinder uh, Cinder Cinder that mm-hmm. he just he couldn't play with kids gloves anymore with her right where eventually she can land a lucky hit and that yeah that'll be it you know yeah and he gave her one more chance and I think that Cin- uh, Cinder's recognition and lack of being mad at Alex shows you that Alex was justified in doing it right mm-hmm. And I do think there were some nice character things for Alex that landed at the same time. Like when he realized that he was the one, like he was really Richard's chosen and, you know, everyone else died and he survived. And like, you know, what does that mean for who the real dark wizard is? Like stuff like that. Um, I think that was a pretty strong moment too. Yeah. And I mean, him just watching Rachel, I forget what the shadow, like Rachel's shadow or whatever. Oh, Shireen. Shireen. Yeah. she was like you promised me you were going to resolve this and you you know yeah you you didn't yeah (sighs) okay last thing that we need to talk about is the meeting at the you know shadow realm with between 
It's like Avengers, oh, yeah. Avengers Assemble against Anne, you know? Oh, at the very end. I would. I yeah. still want to touch on, on two things quickly. Okay, I okay. think when, when Talisid came in to the deep shadow realm and Alex tricked him with like the time dilation. Oh, yeah. And that like that was nicely done, and I thought that was really cool, um, and, mm-hmm. and a very a very smart plan from Alex. Speaking and... of Miss Pornera too, <laughs> yeah, Miss Pornera. Okay, okay, okay. We don't, we don't have to. Check, check out the upcoming TV series that I'm excited <laughs> for. <laughs> um, and then the other cool thing was Alex's like confrontation with the senior council members when he was like, "You came after me, and there were seven of you, and I told yeah. you to back off." And then no, there were six, six of you. And I told you that we could stand down and have peace. And now there's five of you. And if you don't do it this time, there'll be four. And yeah. that was and then we had come after you and you're, you know. Yeah. Dude. That was that was I mean, that was cool. That was like Alex saying I have a very special sk- set of skills. <laughs> yeah. Conversation. Yeah. No, that was that was really uh very well written. That was cool. Yeah. I love that. And then Morden just like is hanging out on a tree branch, he's like you conducted that with yeah. You know, yeah. Like, those wow, negotiations. You did, you did that yeah. really well. But even as smart as Alex is, he still got played by Morden. Who? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I would call Alex smart. I mean, he is smart. He's capable. But I don't think that being smart is his strongest suit. Maybe it is. He is smart with a huge buff from his divination. Yeah, and he's also smart in seeing the short-term picture, mm-hmm. but maybe not the big picture like he didn't recognize that richard was uh manipulating him and saving him for all those instances sure so he's, he's not yeah. aware uh, yeah maybe he's, he's smart, not, but not aware no i agree maybe intelligent but not wise sure yeah. okay there you go yeah yeah i've been playing too much Baldur's gate i'm way into all the different dnd uh, <laughs> attributes <laughs> yeah and then uh yeah morden's like I'm an associate of yours, <laughs> you know, that way yeah. that word yeah. just carries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was pretty it's good. Done. Okay. So uh, then and, you're, wait, you're... And, sorry, sorry to go back. What do you think about Alex? Like choosing to kill Caldera and then, and. Oh yeah. But she's her. not dead. No. She's yeah. Not, but, but, but people think she's dead, which was a no. little confusing to me. Well, the, she, yeah. uh, sorry. Talis said, said that she was unaccounted for. Um. Yeah. But then. What's his face? Uh, we talked about him earlier. Varim's master. Starts oh, with I thought that was Tal- L. Landis. Landis. Is Landis that- says she's dead. I'm pretty sure, like, I don't know if he says the word deadly. He thinks that she's dead. I mean, well, I mean at she this point, was, she, she's MIA. And so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense that he would think that she's dead at this point. There's a lot of people that are unaccounted for. Yeah, but, but she's not. And yeah. I think we assume that Anne had something to do with that at this point. Well, no, Anne for sure rescued her. Well, rescued, I mean, right? Like, well, I mean, she stopped her from dying. Yeah, but maybe to a, to a worse fate. No, for sure. Yeah, but you just said maybe I misunderstood you. You said we assume that Anne is the reason why she's not dead. And she oh, definitely, and definitely, yeah, is the reason right. Why she's not dead, right? But I mean, I guess what I was implying was that there was something further going yeah, on. Like, a, she's she's not just hanging out at her flat no, or whatever, right? She's definitely going to use her for so, and maybe even to bondage in. I think. I mean, Anne is in a desperate recruiting pitch right now, which gets back to the the Avengers Assemble slash yeah. like Civil War. Was that where you were going with that? Oh yeah, or? there you go. Well, yeah, I was just kind of every yeah. Well, not even turning against each other, just everybody trying to take down one person. You know. Oh sure. Okay, so this is a Thanos moment. Is this is a Thanos moment. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Fair. Maybe not as epic as a Thanos I feel like, moment. I've, yeah, not as epic. And we need more Avengers. This is more of a Thanos at the Thanos. beginning of of and or what's the first installment of Endgame where In- Infinity War. Infinity War. Yeah, I don't know if you remember where Hulk gets his butt handed to him and Loki dies. Oh yeah, uh, where he comes to the uh, the Ragnarok ship. Yeah. And yeah. Okay, I could see that. This okay, is kind this of a, is, yeah. Yeah, you have enough, Thanos enough, confrontation. Enough hero power there to mm-hmm. maybe stop him, but yeah. right. But we need more hero power. So yeah. in book twelve, everyone is going to ally against. But yeah, I mean, you got Richard against right? Thanos. Yeah, yeah. Richard, remaining Light Council, and Alex are all getting yeah. into a a really, I'm sure, an alliance that's going to be really really strong really uh yeah it's not going to break apart for anything no. yeah no. no there will be no yeah. stabbing in the back at any time i'm sure this is crazy it's it's such a good it's such a good ending here where it's i know I, at the beginning of the podcast i was frustrated with the fact that it just kind of seemed to end pretty abruptly but i'm super excited i had to like not like choose not to read this book right after finishing yeah, uh, Forge. Just so we could record this episode. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did. I think I think it was worth it to avoid any spoilers at this yeah, point. Otherwise, um, otherwise, people knew we had read the book because of how the dress comes in and saves the day. Yeah, it's obviously the dress. I mean, come it's on. Obvi- it's... The, the dress really is the X factor that we were just talking about. Like the there need you know. Otherwise, what's the point of the dress? Right, we have a. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be. Item. I think the dress is going to resurrect the cloak. Oh, the mist cloak. Oh, dang. I forgot about the mist cloak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Forgot about that one. Yeah, we could have that could come back. A dress mist cloak. Star, Star Breeze <laughs> finally came back. Another, Star Breeze. That was epic, uh, another yeah. another friend we hadn't seen for a while. Uh, I love Star was... Breeze. I was, I was sad that Star Breeze was gone for so long. Yeah. Star Breeze brings a, a, enough, like a good amount of lightheartedness. Whimsical. Whimsy. Yeah. 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 I know the fact that he was able to use the Dreamstone to call out to her was really cool. I, we can't. Yeah glossed over that but that was a cool moment starbreeze mvp um hopefully starbreeze shows up again for something in risen i hope in risen like everyone gets a little bit of time to showcase you know something kind of tie up everyone's yeah, arc in a cool way yeah yeah exactly everyone's got to do something yeah yeah sweet all right well uh listeners let us know uh, what you think of our predictions i mean you can be impressed that we nailed the dress i'm sure no one else picked up on that so uh that's that's how much of pros we are all right thanks steven all right see you ben bye